readers, and welcome to episode four of Lost the Plot, the Tinted Edges monthly podcast all about books. I'm your host, Ang Harrod, and today we're going to be talking about lost books. But first, let's check out the new section, Book Updates, where I'll update you on stories I've covered in previous episodes. Right at the top of Book Updates is the Sokolo Gunung Merapi campaign we talked about in the first two episodes. The campaign has now finished, and we almost doubled our goal at $1,920. The money has already started to be put to use, and the school has been able to start on desperately needed repairs, ordering and installing bookshelves, and, of course, buying books. A big thank you to all of our supporters. You can find out more about Books for the World and the projects we do in the show notes. The next update is about my little experiment in episode 3 with the book pyramid scheme I joined via Facebook. Now, although I still haven't received any books from the people who were supposed to have sent them to me, one of my friends who had signed up to the level below me felt sorry for me, so he sent me a book called The Fish Ladder, A Journey Upstream by Catherine Norbury. Considering I was supposed to get up to 36 books and all I got was a pity book from a friend, I'm going to stick with my view that sadly, the book pyramid scheme doesn't work. Finally, there's been an update to episode 1's segment on banned books. In June, Australia's border force seized and destroyed copies of a book called The Peaceful Pill Handbook, a book written by euthanasia advocate Philip Nitschke. The person who ordered the book was a 73-year-old lady lady who was quite disgruntled about being told what she can and can't read. Uh, You can read more about this story in the notes below. Now, on to book news. June started out on an, an incredibly high note for me, with Tara Moss speaking at the Meet the Author series, run jointly by ANU and the Canberra Times. Launching her new book, Speaking Out, a 21st Century Handbook for Women and Girls, Tara Moss was herself a very impressive speaker. Tara is also absolutely lovely and signed a copy of her book for me, which is must-read for women who want their voices to be heard. I completely fangirled and could barely string a sentence together while she was signing my book. I first read her crime books as a teenager, and so in person, she was simply awe-inspiring. I live blog the talk on the Tinted Edges Facebook page, and you can read more about the ANU Canberra Times Meet the Author series, including uh, checking out the podcast of this talk in the links below. There has been some pretty significant Harry Potter news this past month. First... Just after the release of photographs of the actors in full costume, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child premiered in London. This is the eighth instalment of the Harry Potter story that is being presented on stage in two parts, which sounds like an absolute marathon, as opposed to in a book. For those who aren't going to be able to get to London anytime soon, don't despair. The script of the play is being released as a book on the 31st of July, which is the same date as Harry's birthday. Writer J.K. Rowling has implored those who have already managed to see the play not to release the spoilers with the hashtag KeepTheSecrets. It's not just spoilers that have been an issue for this play. The casting has also generated a fair bit of controversy. On stage, the incredibly clever character Hermione is being played by actor Noma Dumazweni, who was born in Swaziland. Apparently, a lot of Harry Potter fans don't have the flexibility of imagination to picture an intelligent, bushy-haired, fictional witch as being black. 
Despite getting the full support of JK Rowling, a lot of people have voiced their outrage at this casting. Thankfully, it's completely impotent outrage, and reviews have been very positive. I'm just hoping it's not a thousand years before the play comes to Australia. In more Harry Potter news, the Pottermore website has released new content, including um, all of the backstory about the American Wizarding School Ilvermorny, and you can now be sorted into one of the Ilvermorny houses. You can check it all out on the Pottermore site, linked in the show notes, and you can also check out all the photos of the actors who've been cast for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Neil Gaiman was extremely busy in the month of June with several big announcements. The first was that his short story, How to Talk to Girls at Parties, has been released as a graphic novel. It's illustrated by Brazilian twin duo Gabriel Barr and Fabio Moon, and you can check out the preview in the show notes. His book Neverwhere is also being released as a graphic novel and will be out in July. This version is illustrated by Chris Riddle. And that's not all for Neverwhere. BBC Radio is planning a spin-off radio show titled How the Marquis Got His Coat Back, following the success of their radio adaptation of Gaiman's book several years ago. It's not yet certain whether actors Benedict Cumberbatch, Natalie Dormer and James McAvoy will be making a return. And the release date for the 45-minute CD is the 3rd of November, but the date the show will be streamed on BBC's Radio 4 channel is not yet certain. Finally, Neil Gaiman has announced that he will be releasing a new book titled Norse Mythology. This book will be a retelling of Norse myths, and the publication date is slated for February 27, uh, 2017. Finally, there was an absolutely heartwarming story in a little bookshop in Adelaide. Anne Trickborn is 64, and has been running a bookshop called Maisie's Books since 1994. Sorry, that's just my dog shaking her jacket. Uh, things have been a bit tough lately, and the bookshop has been struggling to meet rental payments. The landlord has notified her that if they can find a new tenant, she'll be evicted. Despite attempts at raising money, the situation was looking extremely dire until the morning of the 1st of June. Anne found a little white envelope slipped under the shop's door containing a check for $10,000 to help her keep the shop afloat. The donor is anonymous, but the sentiment is just gorgeous. You can read more about this beautiful story in the show notes below. This month's theme is one that is quite close to my heart. Lost books. Books get lost. It's just something that happens sometimes. And as someone who has had a lot of books in my life, and I've moved around a lot, and I like to lend people books, it has happened to me many, many times. I like to think that I'm quite generous when it comes to lending people books. I really like to share a good book with others. I get so enthusiastic about trying to find a book that someone will like, and I really like to be able to discuss them with people after they finish reading them. However, this of course comes with the risk that books don't get returned and ultimately become lost. I've lost lots of books to friends and even family over the years, and have even had people deny that the books were mine in the first place and going so far as to write their own names in my beloved books. However, my favorite example of a lost book is my cursed book, the somewhat aptly named Echo in the Bone by Diana Gabaldon the seventh book in her Outlander series. I first bought this book in 2009, uh, shortly after it was first released, and I happily devoured it myself. 
Then, sometime after reading it, I lent it to someone. A friend of a friend, maybe. Some years later, the following Outlander book was released, and I realized that I actually had never gotten my book back. I asked all the people I thought who might have it, and everyone vehemently denied that they did. And after getting more and more agitated and more and more frustrated about where this book could possibly have gone and why wouldn't somebody return my book, my partner felt so sorry for me that he bought me a new copy. Anyway, one day, my partner's mother asked me for some book recommendations for a friend of hers who was in her 90s and who was transitioning into care and was looking for some books to read to keep her mind occupied. After finding out a bit about what she liked, I lent her Cross Stitch, which is the first book in the Outlander series. Um, book by book, she read through the series until eventually I lent her Echo in the Bone. I joked about how last time I'd lent this book to somebody it had vanished, but I made a note in my phone, and more about that later, just in case. Sometime later, my partner's mom asked me which books I'd lent this old lady, and which I didn't have back yet. I checked, and Echo in the Bone was the only one missing. She said next time she visited, she'd try to find it. However, next time when she asked, the old lady had no memory at all of ever receiving the book. She had a look, but to no avail. For the second time, I had lent a copy of Diana Gabaldon's novel, Echo in the Bone, to someone, and for the second time, it had never returned. My partner's mum felt so bad, she bought me a new copy. So, considering I'm now on my third copy of the same book, I'm pretty convinced now that Echo in the Bone is cursed, but also that I'm extremely lucky because somehow I always manage to get another copy. Books aren't always lost accidentally. Sometimes they're lost deliberately, and for a good cause. Three times a year in Canberra is the Lifeline Book Fair, um, where Lifeline sells donated books to raise money to keep their suicide hotline running. It's an absolutely fantastic cause, and there are some absolutely fantastic books to be found. The fair goes for three days, and I went three times to this June fair. You can check out the show notes for photos of the event and of some of my more spectacular finds. Although I like to lend my books to people, I'm actually, I have to admit, a little reluctant to give my books away. However, in recent years, especially as I'm such a huge fan of the book fair and of Lifeline and all the great work they do, I've been trying to at least donate books that I don't care for much, or that I've replaced with an edition that I prefer the look of more. Lifeline has a warehouse in Mitchell, a suburb in Canberra, that you can donate books to year-round, or you can donate books when you arrive at the book fair. Entry is by gold coin donation, and if you love books, you absolutely must try and go sometime. They have lots and lots of different sections. They've got fantasy, they've got children, they've got nonfiction, they've got books in different languages, they've got graphic novels, they've got puzzles, they've even got a rare book section. And you can often find exquisite editions and beautiful long-lost childhood books. The next book fair is going to be in September, and I cannot wait. So, in keeping with this month's theme, I decided to do another little book experiment. I decided to deliberately lose a book. I picked a book that I read recently that I enjoyed, but that I wasn't so attached to the edition um, that I wouldn't be able to let it go. And the book that I chose was The Man in the High Castle by Philip K. Dick. On the inside of the front cover, I left a little message, including a link to the Tinted Edges Facebook page, inviting whoever found my book to read it, enjoy it, and then leave it somewhere for somebody else to find. I also ask them to check into my Facebook page so I can track where the book has been. 
Unfortunately, like my book pyramid scheme experiment in episode 3, this one also seems to be going quite poorly. Though, like with most experiments that I do, I actually think it's funnier when they don't work out. Anyway, although I've been back to where I've left the book and it's no longer there, nobody has checked in yet to say that they have found it. Best case scenario is that it's been picked up by someone and it's being read, right now, as I speak. Most likely scenario is that it's languishing in the Canberra Centre lost property box and will stay there indefinitely, either until it's donated somewhere or a bored security guard flicks through the pages. Worst case scenario is that someone binned it or destroyed it because it was an unattended item and therefore a bomb threat. Anyway, if someone does find it and check in on the Facebook page, I'll be sure to update you all in the next episode. So I've talked about how you can lose a book accidentally and on purpose, but what do you do when you want to find a lost book? Well, like they say, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure or something like the imperial measuring system. Anyway, when I first got a smartphone some years back, and not long after the first echo in the bone disappearance, I started doing this thing where if I lent a book to someone, I would take their photograph and save it on my phone. That way, I had photographic evidence of my book in another person's hands. However, I always felt a bit awkward doing that, and so I was on the lookout for some kind of cataloging solution, not unlike a library, but a little bit less onerous than actually having catalog cards and you know having to put stuff in every single book anyway well i asked and technology delivered there is a great app that you can download onto your phone called book catalog it's free and what it does is it allows you to scan the barcode of your book it searches the internet for the isbn then adds the book to your library database for you often with a picture of the cover and details like the author and the publication date You can organize your library however you like, and if the book is old or doesn't have a barcode or whatever, uh, you can manually enter the details and take your own photo of the cover and upload that. The best feature, however, is the loan feature. You select a book in your catalog, you click edit, and then you can mark it as loaned with the name of the person you've loaned it to. Then, if you want to check which books in your collection are currently on loan, you can organize your books by loaned, and they'll pop up under the name of who's borrowed them. So, if you have a repeat offender who borrows all of your books and gives gives them back, the catalog will let you know. Then, you can go chase them down. I wrote a blog last year about this on the Tinted Edges website, so you can check it out, including instructions on how to download it in the show notes. So, that's how you can find books that you know the name of. But what happens when you've actually forgotten what a book is called? Google searches can only get you so far when all you can remember are some vague details about a childhood book like there was a boy and a mystery got solved and I think there was an attic and maybe like a girl. Um, The answer is the website Reddit which is a huge message board type website where users can post links, images, text, and anyone with an account can comment and upvote or downvote. On Reddit, there's a great little subreddit called What's That Book? You post a quick description of the book in the title and then a more detailed description of what you can remember about it, when you might have read it, and what it looked like. Then other kind book lovers will comment and try to help you find it. I absolutely love that subreddit. I spend so much time on there, partially because they've helped me find quite a few books that I can't remember the name of, and partially because I love finding things and helping other people remember their forgotten books. Oh my God, it's so rewarding. 
Anyway, you can check out the link of What's That Book in the show notes. June was a pretty good reading month for me. I started out with The Four Books by Yan Lianqiu. This novel was nominated for the 2016 International Man Booker Prize, and wow, it is amazing. Sort of like One Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich meets Catch-22. It's set in Chinese re-education camps during the Cultural Revolution, and it was very, very good. It's sort of, you know, this really kind of political novel, sort of with a bit of a uh, magic realism layer over the top. It's amazing. Anyway, the next book I read was Day Tripper, which is a graphic novel by Brazilian twins Fabio Moon and Gabriel Farr. It is an exquisitely beautiful book about life and death and how much a single moment can mean to a person. I would highly, highly recommend it. Then I read fantasy novel The Lies of Loch Lamora by Scott Lynch. Now, I've had people tell me how amazing this book is, and so I have to say, me with my high expectations, I was actually a little disappointed when I read it. Lynch is a beautiful writer, and the book itself, it is very clever, but I think it was a little too Ocean's Eleven, and not quite enough magic and wonder for my liking. The next book was the absolute standout novel, The Vegetarian, by Korean writer Han Kang. This book is like a slap in the face. You just don't expect anything coming. My eyebrows were raised so high, they were pretty much on the top of my head the entire book. It's a super fast read, and you will never in your life read anything like it. So then next, after having her sign my book, I absolutely had to read Tara Moss's handbook, Speaking Out. I think it's a really accessible book for women of all ages and all backgrounds who really want to improve their written and or verbal communication in a number of contexts. It's really well thought out. It's meticulously researched and written in a simple yet, you know, in simple yet informative language, with Moss's slightly tongue-in-cheek style. Unfortunately, though, my June reads ended on a little bit of a low note with Matchbox Theatre, 30 short entertainments by the playwright Michael Frame. Oh, I just really did not enjoy this at all. And honestly, I'd only picked it up because the cover is so cool. It looks just like a Matchbox. It's got like a little cardboard box and then you pull the book out like a Matchbox and it's got little matches drawn on it. Anyway, it looked really cool. I No, I just did not like it. Um, it felt like it was a social critic picking at the lowest hanging of fruit. And you honestly could have replaced every single character in each play with a sock puppet for all the characterization there was. With the exception of this last one, however, the caliber of books I read this month was really high. And you can check out my reviews in more detail on the Tinted Edges website. Alrighty, readers, that's it for today. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next podcast for July.